0: Welcome to The Wardrobe Muse, helping you dress from the inside out. Feeling wardrobe challenged? Discover your style with me. I love working with women to identify their authentic self through clothing, to craft and maintain simple wardrobes that reflect who they truly are and that work for their lifestyles. To work together, visit me on the web at lastwardrobe.com. Visit L-A-S-S wardrobe.com. Here's your host, Lisa. Hi, and welcome to The Wardrobe Muse. We are in our second season, and we're focused, these episodes, on sustainability in fashion. And I am so pleased today to have with us a representation from the Peabody Essex Museum in Salem, Massachusetts. And if you've not visited, you need to. But of course, right now, you might want to visit them online first at PEM.org. And um, I had the great exposure to this museum as a docent for about half a second in 2014, 2015. And let me tell you, the institution is wonderful. The training we got was wonderful. It's a vigorous training. I didn't last, however. (laughs) Only because um, to really do a great job, you have to be very, very committed on your time, your sense of time. And it just showed me the inner workings of a world-class institution. So I am honored to have with us today Petra Slinkard, the Nancy P. Putnam Curator of Fashion and Textiles. She's gonna talk with us today about the Fashion and Design Gallery, which is amazing. If you've not visited that gallery, you need to come to Salem.
1: Petra, welcome. Thanks, Lisa. It's great to be here on the Wardrobe Muse. It was a pleasure to meet you. I think we just said about a a year ago, and I'm honored to get to speak with you and your listeners today about our new fashion and design gallery. One of the things
0: that struck me when we met last year, it was a very uh, kind of coordinated meeting through a networking contact uh, Petra was so open, welcoming, generous, um, knowledgeable, and I just thought, "Wow, how many people can sit in Salem in a beautiful coffee shop with a curator and have access to the knowledge?" And it was just great. And that's that. You know, the the PEM really is is a community based institution.
1: No, it's really important. And it's lovely to hear you say that. Thank you. And first, it was my pleasure. As a transplant to Salem, um, just over two years ago, I've been working very hard to try to ingratiate myself to our community. Because as you said, the Peabody Essex Museum is really a community, you know, it's, it's this interesting dichotomy. It's a world-class international museum. And at the same time, it is also, um, you know, our community, Salem North Shore Museum. Um, and it's very important, I think, you know, that everyone on staff uh, agrees that, you know, we are connected to our community because we are working, you know, for all of you. Um, and so how do we know what is important to you unless we're, you know, engaged and talking and, and you know, picking one another's brains?
0: And Patra's organization uh, and department brought a really cool, sustainable event to the museum just about a year ago.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's great that you bring that up. And actually I cannot take credit for that. I have helped with it, but it really, um, you know, one of the things that I love the most about the Peabody Essex Museum is that there's a lot of interdisciplinary and interdepartmental collaboration that goes on. Um, and so for instance, that particular event that you're talking about, which was our sustainable fashion day, um, was a collaboration uh, between our uh, interpretation department, our education department, um, and a it, it was it coincided with our nature's Nation exhibition, um, which for all intents and purposes was a painting and um, three-dimensional object. Uh, exhibition that really didn't have any fashion and textiles in it. But the topic of the exhibition was was about nature and our relationship to nature throughout history and how artists have depicted this relationship. Um, and so it was a great opportunity for us to think about how could we incorporate an aspect of fashion and textiles in that. And so we hosted Dr. Kate Black from Magnifico, who runs a, a, a blog and um, you know, has is involved in a variety of projects that are focused on no waste design and sustainable design. Um, she's also authored a book, and we did a tour of the exhibition, and then we screened the movie um, True Cost, and then Kate and I had an in conversation afterwards. And then, meanwhile, we had opened up our atrium, and we did a, a vintage sort of market, if you will, because, you know, I think that's another level of the sustainable world, you know, where we're thinking about giving things second and third lives and not just wearing once and throwing away. The day was magnificent.
0: Uh, (laughs) Me personally, I know Dr. Kate Black has some ties to Eileen Fisher, which is the company Mm. that really how I cut my teeth in the knowledge base of sustainable fashion. Mm. And so to hear her talk and to be present for that was unbelievable. The movie, The True Cost, was something that Eileen Fisher had dabbled in a little bit in terms of supporting that director, um, maybe through a a campaign or marketing. I forget what the exact tie-in was, but we saw that movie when it first came out, before it sort of hit the public uh, sphere and consciousness. And I always say to my clients, I'm not here to guilt you in any way, but get a box of tissues a great bottle of wine, sit yourself in front of the TV and you need to watch this just as a like civic duty, as a global citizen. Be aware of this issue and start making small changes toward not contributing to it. Uh, the movie's heavy, but well done and really kind of scripts out for the common man or woman on the street with the true cost of your $12 t-shirt is
1: mm-hmm. no absolutely and I'm happy to hear you say it because I also you know to prepare myself I watched the maybe I think three times and you know each time I focused in on something different or you know I had a different emotional reaction it ranged from you know anger to sadness to kind of indignation like thinking like yeah. You know, how is this even possible? And the thing about the true cost movie that I found to be so interesting is that, you know, it, it is a great primer, you know, to, to wake people up, you know, it's kind of like getting a a glass of water thrown at your face um, because it, it's two hours long, you know, I mean, every project, every narrative has limitations It can never be exhaustive. But I think you know, as you just said, as a method to you know get people aware to sort of heighten their awareness um, and hopefully pique their interest to learn more, you know it was a, it was a fantastic tool. and my
0: job uh, as a wardrobe coach, a lot of what I do is education. I'm constantly educating. Mm-hmm. My client base, the way that I differ in what I do is, and this is not a judgment on any stylist. I know many of my um, stylist colleagues on the, on the North shore do great work, but I don't take people shopping. Mm-hmm. And my initial thing is using a tool like the true cost to pique the awareness and open up the discussion and then really get inside people's closets and help them use everything that they already own in there. And if there are pieces in there that are fast fashion, we're not going to feel guilty about that. We're going to figure out how to use them. And we're going to maybe make a concerted effort moving forward to not buy into that any longer. But what we've got in there, we're going to use it. We're going to use it better. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to donate out what doesn't work. But we're going to start having um, more consciousness just about the whole topic of how can you use secondhand better how can you buy new garments maybe from local artisans that are actually Mm -hmm. making clothes because there are local uh new england artisans that actually make clothes so it's um been a great tool for me to just open up that discussion and explain to my clients why i'm not a personal shopper i can help you shop but we don't need to shop
1: Right. No, and I applaud you for that. I think, you know, starting with what you have, you know, shopping your own closet, if you will, is, you know, an exercise and kind of that creative constraint, right? Like it forces you to think more resourcefully, but also more creatively about what, what is it that I can, you know, mend or alter? Or, you know, if you do have multiple items of fast fashion, like, you know, accept it and, you know, focus on really wearing it, you know, and not just feeling guilty, as you said, you know, because decisions have been made and we need to, you know, move forward in a a positive manner that builds people up. And I think that the point that you made about investing in, you know, works that are made by people within your community, you know, that I love to hear that because I think often people look, particularly collectors, you know, look at Wine art, music, you know, physical workout equipment, I mean, these are all sort of investments in themselves. And in some cases, you know, maybe even financial or cultural investments that they're making. Um, And, you know, not that often do we necessarily see people who think about clothing in that same way. Um, And so you being able to bring that as an option for people to think about, hey, I can support, you know, this designer um, and or this artisan and buy something and wear something that is both... meaningful to me and meaningful to them um, is not only an investment in yourself, but also an investment in, in an art form, but that you're presenting an opportunity to kind of forward their story too. And it becomes more about that communal and community connection. And that's what I
0: term the curated closet. Oh, excellent. Your closet become artistic and curated. And you also had at the Peabody Essex museum, Alabama Channon. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. She is one of my, you know, she and Eileen Fisher really—they're um, my idols, if you will—and they they sort of gave me a framework for what artisanal product
1: could be. And I don't know if you want to just quickly touch on her. She's sure. She, um, you know, I w- I felt over the moon to get to have a an opportunity to share a stage with her, um, and that was actually my very 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 first event at PEM. <laughs> I arrived and began my job February 1st and I think that that program was maybe mid-March so I was definitely getting my feet um, on the ground and that again was in conjunction with the Georgia O'Keefe exhibition because Georgia O'Keeffe um, made clothing and um, there was a, a connection there about you know thinking um, not only you know an artist like Georgie O'Keefe and her touch and her, um, you know, attention to detail in her own clothing and the way in which she styled herself, because the exhibition was about her style and her identity, but also that Natalie Channon herself had this deep appreciation and affinity for the work of Georgie O'Keefe, and so here again was this kind of you know historic icon and a contemporary um, fashion icon, you know, coming together in a a shared space, um, in a a shared topic. Um, And we're thrilled because we are, um, we were supposed to open May 16th, but of course, because of the the COVID pandemic, um, we are unable to. But my first exhibition at PEM is opening, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, in November, and it's called The Women Made It, The Women Who Revolutionized Fashion. And um, Natalie Channon, and Alabama Channon's uh, story is represented in that exhibition as well. So you have to come back. Oh, I'm
0: so excited. If uh, my audience would Google her, she is amazing. Um, and I won't get into her story here, but she basically brought back um, a dying art form of the South and produced the clothing there, right in the USA, right in in the southern states. So she's one to watch and that November exhibit is one to attend for sure. Um, so let's just talk for a minute about the Fashion Design Gallery because you have incorporated a pretty vast global collection, really well thought out, objects, textiles, fashion. Tell us about that gallery and, and why everyone should visit
1: Um, Well, thank you. Uh, The Fashion Design Gallery is personally one of the most incredible experiences that I've professionally had. Um, it is, it was a, a massive undertaking. Um, I had arrived, as I said, February 1st, 2018, and we opened the doors to the public September 20, seven, nine, something like that, uh, 2019. So in a very brief period of time, you know, I dug in with, um, a, a huge team of people to get this exhibition organized. And, you know, because we basically had the entire collection to look at, and PEMS collection is extraordinary. Um, it is the combination, of course, of two institutions the Essex Institute and the um, East Indian Marine Society's collection, both of which evolved multiple times over the years um, and then finally merged together into one in 1992. You know, and each brings with them a very diverse range of materials that represent. You know, our globe. Um, But what's so unique and special about Penn's collection is that the focus is really on everyday life and individuals and the creative and artistic expressions that come from those talented individuals who are making things, whether by hand or by the use of technology um, or you know through training or apprenticeships. There's so many layered stories in that. Um, and so we knew that we wanted to focus on fashion and design. Um, this is one of the first institutions to really combine those relatively disparate areas in one massive gallery, you know, in other institutions, you tend to see a little bit of overlap here and there, but not to this extreme um, that, that I have really witnessed. Um, so it was, it was you know, a little bit of a gamble because it's like, oh, great, awesome, be adventurous, you know, push the envelope. But, you know, with that comes risk, too, because what if it doesn't work or what if people don't get it? You know, there was definitely moments of anxiety. But, you know, it did come together and part of what really helped it gel, and and I really give a lot of credit to our deputy director, Linda Hartigan, for this, is that she was really determined and focused to make this gallery about people. You know, that is really the heart of PEMS collection is our human centric focus and that people are the creators and that we as humans have this intrinsic desire to create and to design. And that this is really just a a display of all of those varied manifestations of how design is produced and um, created. And so, you know, what we decided to do was leave it open-ended. And instead of, you know, having a visitor come and say, well, this is, you know, good design or bad design, um, or, you know, typically if you think about particularly, you know, a design gallery in the United States that tends to be focused on furniture or, you know, there there tends to be a focus on mid-century modern. Well, Pem's collection is not a mid-century modern collection. You know, we are a, <laughs> we are a multi-century, multi-century uh, collection. And so, um, you know, that was one of our first challenges. Is like, how do we get a visitor who's, he, who hears or sees fashion and design to kind of shake off any preconceived notions that they might have about what those words mean and what they mean in the setting of a museum? Um, and so... We, we sort of ground the visitor with a variety of objects that, you know, upon first glance don't really look like they have a lot to do with one another until you enter the gallery and then you start to experience these various sections. Um, and so the overarching theme that we landed on was that, you know, fashion and design can, and then what we then proceeded to do was propose answers or um, moments in which that, Manifests. So fashion design can define or confine. So there's one section of the gallery that's dedicated to, you know, body modification. Um, there's one section of the gallery that is about um, transportation and the different things that we've made um, to either help us, you know, get from point A to point B, or, you know, ways in which we've kind of retooled um, some of those innovations um, and and really focused on their aesthetic Uh, qualities. And that, you know, for instance, I'm thinking about a pair of Chinese stirrups. They're heavy, (laughs) they're, you know, inlaid, like, you know, you think about the functionality versus, you know, sort of the the aesthetic appeal and what's the balance. And so, and then we just continue throughout the gallery uh, there. So one of the key moments in the gallery, of course, is a a focused conversation on Iris and Carl Atwell. And the museum was really fortunate to be able to foster a relationship with Mrs. Apfel after doing an exhibition with her in 2009. And, you know, that occupies a central location in the gallery. And I think it really kind of speaks to your your point and your industry as well, you know, where fashion and design can be your life you know, someone like the Apfels or a couple like the Apfels, you know, not only is Iris known for her style and the way in which she puts garments together and ensembles together, but that she isn't she doesn't adhere to a a high or a low, you know, fashion. She doesn't adhere to only haute couture. You know, she looks at what is beautiful and what attracts her and then she pieces it together. But that they, as a couple, also ran an interior design business. You know, they owned Old World Weavers, which was a um, textile um, firm where they made their own textiles, you know, working with studios all over the world. Um, and so, what does that mean? You know, when almost everything that you touch, everything that you surround yourself with, is fashion and/or design, and then it, you know, kind of continues uh, through there. So, it 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 was a, a fantastic experience, um, and I hope, you know, when people visit, that. Each person takes away something that is special to them, that stands out to them. Um, We have an interactive in the gallery, which, you know, now in the wake of COVID, I'm not sure how we'll continue to foster that. But it was an opportunity for people to just take a moment of pause in the gallery and answer a question, which is, you know, how, how do you express yourself? And it seemed like such a simple interactive at first until people started using it. And that's one of the things that I love the best about what we do is that If we provide the tools and the opportunity, you know, the people are the creators, our visitors, you know, our audience are the people who really bring it to life. Um, And we started seeing, you know, people from ages three to, you know, 93 drawing, making statements. Sometimes it was funny and, you know, whimsical. Sometimes it was serious and personal um, about their own individual expressions. And so, you know, that is what is at the heart of the fashion and design gallery, is that for people to see how fashion and design touches us in our world, um, how it's personal, but it also connects us as a society. And, um, you know, that it, it surrounds us. You know, I, I love what you just...
0: I try to create that question when I start doing my intake with new clients. What do you want your closet to be as an extension of who you are as a wardrobe coach? I'm not here to to dress you like me. I'm not here to dress you in any particular aesthetic or design or designer or from one store. I'm here to help you unleash and empower your creativity. Exactly. I like, even for my local clients, say to them, get into that gallery and be inspired Um, And you don't have to spend hours if you can. Go in, go to the gallery, look at the fashion design, look at some of the artifacts, and then let's have a coffee and let's talk about how I can work with you. That's the incentive to really love everything that you buy for yourself, that you're going to your body with. Make it a piece of art. Be unique. Step into your own signature style uh, versus being told by industry people buying what's on trend what's fashionable this season so I really want people to dig deep use the Peabody Essex Museum get inspired you know after you've watched the true cost then you need that more uplift (laughs) and just be a unique individual be art for the world your body can be a canvas And this doesn't have to cost thousands of dollars. It's not about owning designer clothing necessarily. It's not about owning high-end expensive things. It's about finding your sweet spot, your personal self-expression, and become an extension of of art.
1: Yeah. Well, I love learning that you're using PEM and the Fashion Design Gallery as a tool for connection and engagement um in a way like the way you just described it kind of it sort of almost seems a little bit like an icebreaker too right it's like a primer like you're you're having people walk through and you know take in what they will and sometimes I think what's fortunate about that gallery is that for some people it actually takes multiple visits because each time you you go you see something different Um, and I think that you know for you as someone who's you use the term intake you know when you sit down with a client and talk about what they want you know you in a way it's like I I sort of see you trying to do what what we're trying to do at the entrances of our gallery which is you know shake off whatever those preconceived notions are you know like you don't we're not here to talk about how we're going to do this like everybody else we're here to talk about how we're going to you know dress you and and you know unleash your own creativity and have that come to the the surface and that's fantastic
0: the word fashion is like sometimes too big. It's too scary. Yeah. You. It's packed with a lot of stuff. What can you incorporate into your life that is about design and fashion that speaks to who you really are at your core? Starts to develop your authentic style. And then if we can find artists in the North Shore or in Massachusetts that speak to you, and those are wearable art objects. Uh, oh, what an amazing way to start your own collection of beautiful things. Absolutely. So keep doing what you do at the the PAM. I'll keep inviting people there. Petra, tell us how we can reach you or engage in the PAM. I know that the PAM has some wonderful Instagram accounts that really give you that visual experience when you can't be on the premise. Um, so just give us like how to how to engage.
1: Sure. Um, well, personally, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the handle pslinks, P slinks. P is in Paul, S is in Sam, L-I-N-K-S. Um, it was a nickname that a friend of mine gave me a long time ago. And it is my personal account, so you'll you know see the occasional cat and or sunset, so just be forewarned. Um, but since we closed our doors, I um, underwent the challenge of basically trying to flip the museum inside out and particularly focus on the fashion and design gallery, because we will be rotating things soon-ish, uh, even though we don't necessarily know what that schedule is. And so I didn't want people to miss out. And so I've been sharing one object a day. Uh, from the gallery and trying to give, you know, a little bit more information uh, about the history or, you know, how, how we uh, conserved it and kind of working with my colleagues. But the museum's handle is uh, Peabody Essex. Um, And there's a lot happening online. We also have a a podcast called our PEMcast, which is quite informative and, and really fun. You know, our blog is quite active. And I'm very pleased and honored to say that we actually just created a virtual version of our fashion and design gallery, our new maritime gallery, our Asian export gallery, and then our Jacob Lawrence exhibition that unfortunately had to close early, again, because of COVID. Um, So you can go to the museum's website and tour all of those exhibitions in their current state um, using this virtual technology called Matterport. Um, And the first time, you know, it's a little scary because you don't exactly know how to navigate. But um, it's actually quite simple once you get the hang of it and you have to sort of line your mouse up with the circles on the floor and you can kind of hopscotch from one um, platform to the next. But it's a great way, I think, to kind of engage the public. And we've been using it, you know, to engage classrooms that are still in session. You know, I, I would say I just encourage people to, you know reach out to us. We, you know, we're, we're a big institution, but it's full of people who really care about what we're doing. And, you know, we, as I said, from in the beginning, you know, we, our job is to, to work for you, to, to, you know, provide content and to engage people, um, you know, where they are. And we only want to get better. And the only way we get better is, you know, through interacting um, with our public.
0: Petra, I can't thank you enough and... For my audience, she walks the talk. Uh, She's the real deal.
1: Excellent. Well, Um,
0: good. I'm gonna call my audience to action. I'm going to tell you all to watch the True Cost movie and then hop over to PEM.org because right now you can't physically get there, but pop over there, do some of the um, viewing that Petra just described and then um, give me a call and we'll... Do our 30-minute intake, unfortunately, not at the beautiful coffee shop that I met Petra in, but over on Zoom or other virtual spaces that work for you. And we'll start the process of transforming you into a fashionista and creating your authentic style. Thank you
1: so much, Petra. Thank you, Lisa. It's such a pleasure to be here, Um, and I really appreciate all that you're doing, you know, in the name of fashion uh, to help people find and exhibit and, you know, dig in and find their true selves.
0: It'll be great to see you in person again at the Peabody Essex Museum in the Fashion Design Gallery
1: soon, very soon. Great. I look forward to it. Thank you for having me.
0: Find out more about Lisa's sustainable style, check out LASSWardrobe.com.